So, Phil, it's another episode. It is. Another episode. How you doing, Cap? I am doing quite well, is how I'm doing. Uh, allergy season aside, being in full effect. Yep. It's, yep. Uh, it's a 60-degree day today. It's beautiful out. Kids are playing at the park as if the air isn't poison. <laughs> and um, it's a nice day. It's a spring day. I already took my nap. How my allergies affect me, uh, I'm sure I've said this before, is I get itchy. You can see I'm scratching myself. And I get very, very tired. So the cure to getting tired is this mixed with this, which is coffee. And uh, the coffee is hot, and my room is about 80 degrees, my spare room. There's no that air sounds, conditioner. <laughs> sounds like a perfect combination, hot coffee and a hot room. So mm, can't imagine so, why you'd be hot. So pardon the beads of sweat on my forehead, um, but and and pardon the dog. He's feeling the heat too. He hasn't shed his coat yet. So it, it's a chill atmosphere. Um, if I collapse, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Should I have made you co-host on this so you could uh, stop the recording upon my collapsing? Yeah, I can just make some announcement. <clears throat> Some announcement to to the people after the fact because that's going to help a lot in 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 a in a post recording. Right, right, and and I don't know if people can see my shirt. Let me tilt down a little bit. I, I noticed you wearing Kaplowitz Media, so I felt the need to mark out for. Yeah, last year I was wearing Kaplowitz Media, but this time I'm wearing a be cool to each other, which you can't see because of the mic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, don't worry because we could put that opaque sensor box in front of whatever. <laughs> Apparently there's that's a, there, the thing. Yeah, there's a story behind that, but I, I, I don't care to get into it. It's just a shirt that I... So, okay, so when I do my reviews, I do them in the morning. <laughs> I usually throw on a shirt while I'm setting up. And so I had everything set up. I sit down, and it was probably... I don't even remember when the um, sensor box went away, but probably about three-quarters of the way through in between recording, I'm looking down, and I'm like, Oh, crap. I shouldn't be wearing this shirt because the shirt actually, it, it wouldn't have been a good shirt for the review. I'll just say that. It wasn't inappropriate. It just, the people that gave me that shirt would probably not have appreciated that shirt being in a cigar review. So that's why I had to do that. And then I went and switched. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you, so, you see, I thought it was a nipple issue. Mm. Well, it could have been a nipple be issue too. Yeah, however people want to remember it's fine with me. I don't care. As long as they remember it. As right? long as they remember it. As long as they remember it. That's what it's all about. And I think we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. That's one yep. of the topics. And speaking of topics, we've discussed, uh, I think we've discussed publicly, I know we've discussed privately, you and I, Phil, that uh, we don't like people reading off of stuff while they're, you know, presenting. But you're going to catch me, you gentle persons. Uh, well, I have gentle persons. Have you named your audience yet? Yeah, you asked me this last time. I still haven't named my audience. I, I, I don't know that I have enough credibility to name an audience yet. Oh, you or, can't. Or, 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 you. Well, I'll, I'll be honest, or at all. 
So I'm I don't I don't even know I don't even know what I would name them. <laughs> the the sufferers. <laughs> you could get real that, personal. You could call yeah. them by their name. Like <laughs> I have gentle persons and you have Ted. Yeah, you Ted. Know. Hey Ted's. Uh, I'll just refer all to everybody as one name. So they're my Ted's or something. Uh, so uh, anyway, I'm going to be keeping track of topics and you're going to be keeping track of time. So being the topic guy, uh, I am going to kind of have a checklist of stuff that I'm going to be scrolling through on my smart device. And uh, so, yeah, so it's nice to know that we could say one thing and do another without being hypocrites, Phil. Uh, right. Yeah, because it's, uh, as Norm MacDonald said, uh, uh, I don't know if you saw that skip, but it just popped in my head when you said that. Norm MacDonald said about the Bill Cosby thing, it wasn't so much what Bill Cosby had done. It was the fact that he was a hypocrite. That's what he really, that's what really burnt Norm MacDonald is that he was a hypocrite. <laughs> well, it's inexcusable. Yeah. It's absolutely inexcusable. Hmm. So, um, oh, anyway, what I'm smoking is just an unbanded something I grabbed from an auxiliary humidor, and I'm having a little bit of a burn issue with it. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah. what, are you smoking anything, or are you in studio? Yeah. Not I am. I'm smoking the La Lujuria. La mm. Lujuria, sorry. La Lujuria by Acosta Cigars. Excellent yes. cigar. Excellent cigars. Uh, actually, if I could plug myself on my own show, which I don't see why not, um, coming up in a little bit, I'm going to be doing an Instagram interview with the owner of Acosta and uh, that should be fun. I've been I've been liking doing those Instagram interviews. And yeah, they've been good. Been, people have been listening to them. Uh, I cut back my main show, my Kaplowitz radio podcast. I cut that that back from once a week to once a month, and I've been filling in the blanks with with that and yeah. with some audio reviews. And you know, it's it. I mean, to be full disclosure, uh, to offer transparency here, it's easier and it's more fun. Yeah, and your <clears throat> your interviews. If, yeah, your interviews. If I can give you a little compliment, first of all, uh, talking Acosta cigars too. Um, speaking with him on Instagram, I've just DM'd him back and forth. Super nice guy. So just want to say that too. Really nice guy. But uh, your interviews, and I've told you this before the show, and um, I watch all your Instagram interviews. And it's not just because we're friends. I actually enjoy them, but. I've told you before that I don't like calling them interviews because I don't think you really come off as interviewing. You come off with um, chatting with them, which is actually a compliment. It doesn't come off as like a stock interview. It comes off like you two are chatting and you happen to be, he happens to be, or the person you're interviewing just happens to be talking about their cigar. That's how I usually take them. Yeah, and, and uh, first of all, the nomenclature of interview is something I feel like I have to use because that's what's familiar. Sure. That's the yep. vernacular. That's what people get. That's what the hashtag could be. We're talking Instagram, but these are these are folks that I'm. Hold on. Were you saying were you saying the hashtag would be vernacular? No, the hashtag. Well, I wonder. But no, the <laughs> I hashtag. Should, I should use the hashtag vernacular. Should I do that? Should I, I, think so. I could do hashtag chat. I guess. But, hashtag uh, vernacular uh, probably has like I don't know, twenty two point five k posts or something like that. <laughs> I would imagine it's a very it's it's a it's a very oft used word, but I'm friends with these people. 
these these are these are guys that I legitimately like to speak to. That for the most part, I speak to quote unquote off the record, and we get to meet up on Instagram through the power of the internet. And it's a hoot, and it's nice to touch base with them. Um, every time I patch them through, and I've said it on one of them, I think with Val, every time I they patch through, it's like you can see we're each happy to see each other. Right. And I think that that translates even beyond the video into the audio when I make it a podcast on the other side. Um, you could hear that it's like friends that are about to talk a little treason or just shoot the, shoot the feces. Yep. You know? Yeah, even, even when I've listened to your interviews before, this is kind of, kind of becoming a, a Kapowitz radio, but that's fine with me because it's good stuff. Even when I've listened to your interviews oh, before. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Even when I've listened to your interviews before Instagram, um, they, they, I mean, they all do. They all flow like that. They don't sound like you're interviewing somebody, which I think makes them a lot more interesting, in my opinion. But well, that's just and, me. And that's that's we, coming from a guy that doesn't interview people. I, I think you'd be good at it. I think uh, could could you have interviews on TikTok? <laughs> on my Bill Caruth account. <laughs> You should start one and watch that gets more popular than anything else. That's the way of the world. You know, it would actually be funny, just thinking about it, if I did an alter ego called Bill Carruth and I just had a completely different persona for him, and all he does is interviews. Bill Carruth is my, is my interview persona. I would hype the heck out of that. I, I, would, offer you, I would offer you anything for that. I, I would put that... <laughs> On Kaplowitz Radio, with me just <laughs> introing it on top on Kaplowitz Radio. Let Let's discuss that further. Like uh, I, I think uh, we'll, we'll do it later on the show. Should, uh, I, I should speaking of later in the show. This is a show. I should probably. I look so tiny. See, I I'm think you look huge this time. I think I. Well, I guess I don't look tiny. But what huge? Well, I had a cheat day yesterday. Oh well. You is know. it bulk season? I'm carbo loading marathon. Okay, or <laughs> okay. I think it's bulk. I think it's, I think it's bulk season, maybe, or you're at the tail end of bulk season, or I don't know. I, I have a strange build. Like when I when when I get fat, I first look like I hit the gym. Like I put on weight, like in the good places. Yeah. You know, well. and uh, so that's a quick way to make it look like I actually do anything physical ever. But no, I, I just feel small. And, and uh, I'm, I'm about to intro the show, but um, okay. let me tell you about my cheat. Uh, I ate a pizza and a half. Yes. <laughs> what size of pizza? Mm. The, the hot and ready at Little Caesars. My favorite shitty pizza. Little, little Sleezers, as we little call it around yep. here. Yep. And... Uh, Ooh, those are some good pizzas. But, but if I may pontificate for a moment, come to Absolutely. think of it, they were $5 forever. Hot and ready, $5. Yeah, yeah that they seems were, familiar. They were hot, they were ready, they were $5. Grab and go. Then they started, uh, they're not ready at my local pizza place, which is down there. So so they'd be so they if they're not ready, ready they're not if they're not ready they're not hot or ready they're not hot they're definitely not ready and the, they're hot but it's like the uncomfortable hot because they're just pulling it out of the oven and you're burning your face off it's not yeah. the resting heat and then they raised the price to $6 so suddenly like I went in there once 
And I'm like, give me a hot and ready. And the guy's like, that'll be 15, maybe 20 minutes. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> See, that's, immediately, that, that, that's but, immediately when you say, well, that's now a hot and unready. Right, 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 right. So, so what do I call it, sir? I mean, I'll, I'll gladly wait in my truck for said 15 minutes, but this is, this is by no means ready. Is there a manager I could speak to? You know, but I didn't. You know, know you know what though that could that could go against you because if you say this is a hot and unready or hot and not ready, then he's like, oh, you're right. We're just going to charge you for a standard pizza. That's going to be twelve bucks a piece now. Well, here it is. He's like, you could pay in advance, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I hand him a five, and he takes the five, and he goes, they're six dollars now. <laughs> and, and does I'm he does he does so, he po- so does he pocket smiling. the five? Does he pocket the five? And he's telling you that. <laughs> I'm still smiling, but in my head, I'm like, this is, this is not ready. It's going to be uncomfortably burn my, my face off hot and it's $6. And suddenly I'm not getting a deal. I'm not sensing that this is any kind of a good thing that I inadvertently unbeknownst to me walked into eyes wide open. I walked into a situation where I'm thinking I'm going to leave in 30 seconds with a pizza for five bucks. Right. Now the math is happening in my head, and I'm like, wait, 15 minutes in my truck, uh, another dollar, that's $6. It's not the best pizza in the world, no offense to Little Sleezers, but I, I feel less like, less. it's less like a win, you know? Less yeah, like I, feel like, I feel like the pizza with not being ready and six bucks and you waiting has kind of become like a, what, a $15 pizza? If you factor in your time, can, can you bring it out to my car? How about that? How about bringing it out to my uh, and anyway? Let, let me let me introduce you. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, pull up this, and I apologize for looking down, but uh, you know it, it it bees that way sometimes. It is what it is. And welcome, gentle person, and Ted. Two, first and 15th, an opinionated podcast series looking at the cigar industry and its news through the lens of online cigar media. That is the elevator pitch. First and 15th is uh, brought to you by Kaplowitz Radio, kaplowitz.xyz, in collaboration with Comedy Cigars Music, comedycigarsmusic.com. I am Kaplowitz Media, and with me is Bill Carruth. No. No, that's Alter Ego. Alter Ego is Bill Carew. Right, right. And, and I'll, I'll be able to tell as soon as you're sitting. I, I think you should do like a Between the Ferns kind of setting. Are you familiar with that show, Between the mm-hmm. Ferns? Yeah, I Zach Galifianakis, right? Yes, yes. I don't find him funny. I find, I find some of his stuff funny. Some of his stuff. He's, he's, one of those, he's one of those guys when people show me 10 things and are laughing and crying... I'm I'm laughing hard at two. Yeah, it, it, maybe I have a high bar for comedy, but uh, he doesn't quite clear it. But I do appreciate his interviews. I guess I've seen maybe two. So let you. I <laughs> <laughs> see. I'm busy. Like I don't have a lot. That, of that might be the that that might be the worst sampling of something that somebody said they've enjoyed. <laughs> Man, I really enjoy this drink. I've had two of them. <laughs> it's my fave. I highly recommend. Out of all the work this company does, I enjoy these. I've tried two. 
every time I sit down and need a drink for the last two times I have reached. This has, been my go, this has been my go-to twice. Twice, and so far, fingers crossed, so good. Mm -hmm. But uh, so, so let, let's get to the lead story. Let's get. Okay. We, we like to get. I'm, I'm on topics. I got. I got. I got to crack the whip here. I can see you're. You're just. You're. A, you know what the problem is, Phil. You're a long form guy. I think at the end of the day, uh, your videos. You keep them short and sweet. You edit them down compactly, mm -hmm. in and out. Very nice. But I think deep in your soul, if you will, you're a long form guy, and I know I am. I just love the shaggy dog. I love the drawing it out. I love the stories within the stories, you know. So, well, topics. there is there is one place I wanted to go before you get to topics, and it has to do oh, with you God, saying you're tiny. See, because yeah, I thought of a story. I thought of a story, and I think this is interesting, but it will only really be interesting for the people that are watching the video. <clears throat> Check it out on YouTube. Ted, Ted and the gentle Ted's, person. For the Ted's out there. Um, Ted and the gentle person sounds like uh, like like uh, like uh, a band that could have played at the Great Smoke. And had one one hit, one hit. Uh, well, 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 one 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 local hit. R r one one regional hit. They were like <laughs> they were like number one hundred and seventy four on Billboard. Why does when you I said one local hit and you said one regional, which would which you would think would give them more credibility, but I think regional actually sounds worse. <laughs> it was meant to. <laughs> because regional, you know, you know, the band would brag about a regional hit. They would brag right. about a regional hit. Right, that's what they'd be saying. But but yeah. regional sounds funny. Regional regional is funny because local, when you say local, it's like local to you and you're positing it yourself. Like this is my local like the like the cherry pop and daddies are my local band. They live downtown <laughs> or one of the guys that lives downtown. But regional is like I don't know, he had like uh he he he, he peaked at number one seventy two. In, in 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 Kansas, in the tri-state area, in the tri-state, the, the metropolitan <laughs> the tri-state area one, the, the tri-state tri-state area bands are the best. Oh, we're uh, huge in the tri-state area. Sweet. So everybody out of this tri-state area has no idea who you are. Exactly, but they're playing every fair, both of them, in <laughs> in, that, in that region. <laughs> Okay, yeah, my story, your sorry. Story, my, your story, story, my story, your story. So you said you felt tiny. Okay, one time at, at my day job, we were, we were talking to this guy, and we had to talk to him, you know, like I said, for my day job. And he's, he's one of the skinniest guys I've ever met. And I, had to, I had to deal with the guy a number of times. But one time we went to deal with him at night, and the first thing he does as soon as he answers the door, so you can see this because for the video, first thing he does is, hey, guys, what's up? He stayed like this the whole time he's talking to us. And, like, if he would turn around, he, like, flexes back. He's like, yeah, can you get that over there? This guy was seriously 100 pounds soaking wet with sweatpants and a sweatshirt on. Uh, it's, what, what is that illness? I painted myself into a corner immediately because I can't think of it, but, like, the imaginary, what are those muscles over here? Like, the little guys walking around like this? Like they have. Oh, yeah, these are the lats. Yeah. And then the traps, the traps up here. He was flexing the traps. Like a cobra, like a, yeah, like a, like he was trying to like cobra us. He was ready to strike. Already, yeah. <laughs> so were you like, so, hey, so, calm, calm, calm down, you're scaring us, sir. Yeah. So if you feel tiny, try that. Sure. Yeah, you got to really hike him up there. Well, I also so, want to get your. Well, yeah, yeah. 
This is this is gonna play really well on the podcast <laughs> version. Tune in over at Kaplowitz Radio. Lead story. Mm-hmm. Lead story. And and what is uh, admittedly a, uh, a somewhat of a slow news cycle, the gentle persons and Ted are going to shortly realize that we're opinion as well as news. We're uh, offering our opinings as to the news. So the lead story here, with all that being said, Drew Estate has pulled out of TPE 2021. And they have cited, of course, the COVID issue, uh, health reasons, and all that. And, I mean, you have to take that at least somewhat on face value, because that is a concern. Sure, yeah. But I'm also wondering, and I don't know if you want to follow me down this rabbit hole, Phil, or maybe you could slide into Bill Carruth. You know what? When things get a little testy, when you don't want to upset anybody, you slide into Bill Carruth. And yeah, then nobody then, can blame Phil Carruth for anything. You, you get hate mail from people saying, why'd you say that? And you're like, that's Bill. That guy's I've a wild to, card. I've, yeah, I've talked to him how many times? He doesn't yeah. listen. He doesn't listen. He's entertaining as heck, but I can't, I can't censor that fella. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a madman. You're, you're, you know, Bill, you remember that one time? Oh, Bill's so, Bill's so crazy. He's insane. He's a nut. Everybody who knows Bill knows he's just nuts. It's like that one time. But so my immediate thought other than, well, yeah, with the Drew Estate thing is how important are those events, the IPCPR, well, now it's PCA, um, they somewhat, and I've said this elsewhere, and I'm about to say it here too, so sorry if you've heard it already, but they seem a little bit antiquated, the whole idea of trade shows, because it, was, it started out the big deal with the trade shows was it was the one time of the year you put out new stuff, you announce new stuff, you offer new stuff, you put sure. sales out, you, you, you get people in. And because of social media, which is going to play a large part of this particular program and probably just about every other here on First and Fifteenth, because everybody has social media, they could disseminate this stuff by themselves, directly to their fan base, directly to the smokers, directly to the retailers, whoever follows them on social media. So I think if this was back in 1981, they would be a little less prone to pull out of the show. And I think that's kind of, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I think it's kind of obvious, and that's kind of the way we're going. I think that's like the new era that's looming. I mean, it's not even looming. We're in it now, the new era of right. everybody having a voice. They don't have to wait till one time in Vegas to let loose their their Corona Vitola of their popular blend that was only available in Robusto and Toro prior to that. So I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or not, but also be, before I throw it over to you for your thoughts, um, this is big because they are uh, like one of, if not the largest presenter at that TPE show. And that's a newer show. That's a new kid on the block as far as trade shows for cigar industry. So they're probably not happy with that. 
I mean, T TPA went out of their way to say that, hey, we're here, we're going to be doing it. And then uh, not very long after, Drew Estate is like, well, that's cool, but we're not. So I, yeah. I, I, how, how, do you, uh, how do you see that whole thing? If yeah, I so I, I mean, I think, you know, like, like you said and, and like they said, it's citing the um, COVID issues. But yeah, I don't, I don't know because I look at social media and I see, I, I see more cigar advertisement on social media than I see anywhere else. And most of that doesn't even come from the manufacturers themselves. I mean, people are proud to smoke this brand or that brand, so they just basically freely advertise and market the heck out of that brand. Now, that being said, I have heard other cigar manufacturers and other people voice their opinion that they think people still want that handshake. People still want the personal experience, which I would tend to agree with. But I think at the end of the day, social media is what's selling everything at this point in and out of the cigar industry, but especially the cigar industry. I mean, <clears throat> if a cigar manufacturer throws a couple hats at somebody and a few cigars, they know that person is going to post it on Instagram and not only are they going to post it on Instagram, they're going to put it on their story on Instagram. They're probably going to post it on Twitter if they have a Twitter account. They're going to post it to everybody that will see them. So that, that brand has reached how many eyes through one person's account. Right. And, and uh, I, I, there's, another, there's another aspect of it, too. Social media is free. You don't have to pay tens and thousands of dollars yep. to give a social media blast, to shoot out an email even. Yep. Uh, like it's free, so it's if you could accomplish even a part on social media, even a part of what you would be able to accomplish in person at one of those trade shows that costs tens of thousands of dollars to just be in, that's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. I'll take I'll take a little less money for a lot less expenditure. Absolutely. So I I think that has something to do, and I think if you look at it in light in that light. All of these trade shows are in a little bit of trouble. I mean, we know PCA's trade show, that's in a good deal of trouble. Um, and that organization, unfortunately, is saying nothing bad about them, but they've seen better days. Mm -hmm. And they get, like, all of their money for the year from that show, and they're out that. But TPE, uh, that's, like I said, it's the, it's the hot show, and they are down maybe their biggest player at that show. They can't be happy. Right. And, well, it, 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 I mean, that's why it's news, obviously, you know. I mean, we're not, I mean, everybody's aware of that, but it's because it's a huge player. It's, I mean, yeah, I've, I've not to delve in this too much, but it's it's always hard for me not to think about the music side of it, which I don't know if we've talked about this before with, with this particular topic, but it's like at the NAM show and just on the side of it, and I've never been to the NAM show, but I read about it and stuff, especially for the drumming stuff. If a big manufacturer, even if a big manufacturer has less of a display than they had the year before, that's a big deal. It's a yeah. huge deal. You know, if yeah. they only bring X amount of pieces of gear instead of what they usually bring, it's a huge deal. Just the fact they didn't have as big of a stand. So I can't imagine one of the huge drum manufacturers just saying, yeah, we're not going to be at NAM this year. That would be gigantic. And, and it is. It's just gigantic on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is big. And, and, and I don't see a lot of people discussing it. And I, I guess that's really 
chalked up to, again, I don't like dwelling on it, but the COVID-19 situation. Right. People are taking for granted stuff is going to be canceled. People are going to pull out of shows that even if they aren't canceled, they might not be there. But the other thing, and TP doesn't have this power yet, I don't think, but something that PC, PCA has going for it is that there's a certain amount of if you want to be taken legitimately, you have to have a presence at that show. There's a lot of people who feel that way. I can't say that's wrong, but this kind of shows maybe that TPE doesn't have that yet, where a brand could just decide not to go. No right. hard feelings, not like when Drew Estate pulled out of IPCPR, PCA, whatever it was then. That was hard feelings. This is no hard feelings. I don't know what the finances are, what the finances are behind it, if they paid and if they're forfeiting that down payment for whatever. I don't, like I said, I don't know the nuts and bolts of it. But it just seems like, it seems like an excellent way to springboard into what we're going to be talking about for a good part of the rest of the show, which is, again, that new age of how brands get awareness. Mm-hmm. And social media is it. And you talk about Drew, you talk about Drew State, you talk about social media. They got theirs, as the kids say, on lock. Right. Drew State. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I, I can't imagine it's going to hurt them financially. I don't think they're going to feel it, Drew State. Yeah, I don't think so. <clears throat> and I, I mean, I, I think, and it's not to say they're not, um, it's not to say there's anything, you know, disingenuous about what they said as far as regarding their workers and, and people that might come to their booth trying to keep them safe. But obviously you're, as a business, I would think you're running the numbers and it has to make sense for you to skip that too. And if you can say, yeah, it makes sense, then right, you're probably not right. really worried about getting dinged on it. What, what, what is it, Rahm Emanuel? What did he say? Never, never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's an excellent cover for, and I don't, I know he said it. I don't know if that was his to coin, but he's one I recall saying it. Of course, the politician from around your neck of the woods, but uh, Chicago. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it just it speaks volumes, and I don't know if we want to go much further into it. But I would, I would, if I were uh, keeping track of this sort of thing, see how TPE, how well that TPE show goes off yeah. right now. Yep. And uh, time will tell, of course, because it hasn't gone off yet. Something moving on that has gone off, and I don't know if we felt all the ramifications of it yet or if there will be really, I mean, other than what's obvious, McAuliffe Cigars made the news. Yep. And uh, they made the news by, uh, well, by press release that Cigar Coop picked up. And, I, again, everybody picks up these press releases, but I saw it at Cigar Coop, so I figured I'd give them a shout-out. And, and, by the way, I saw the Drew Estate story on Half Wheel, so there you go. But uh, they issued uh, a cease-and-desist letter to Pravada Cigar Club Yeah, did McAuliffe Cigars. And they are buckling down heavy on brick and mortar, on their brick and mortar relationships. Right. Commendable 
a way that business can be done, but very much in, in juxtaposition to what we're going to be probably, again, talking about more with the new wave coming in of social media, of online sales, of the, different, the two different ways to right. go about business. So is that really, like, in the context of all that, it's a story, but in and of itself, Phil, what do you think, just uh, just with McAuliffe, with Pravada, what's going to happen there? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's one of those things, too, where the Cigar of the Month clubs and things like that, and I know the Cigar of the Month clubs also offer other services. I mean, they're, they're basically, they're an online retailer as well. It's just not their Cigar of the Month club they're living off right. of. But I can't imagine just knowing how popular Pravada Cigar Club is. I can't imagine that's going to, I can't imagine it's going to hurt them a whole lot. Um, obviously, they don't have a brand um, that they're distributing anymore, depending on how all that goes. And I, 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 would, I would tend to think that possibly, even though that looks good to the brick and mortar community, I guess my thought is that might end up hurting McAuliffe more than Pravada Cigar Club. Yeah, I, I wonder if it'll work for them. I wonder if this will make them pick up more brick-and-mortar accounts because i got to think that's what their eyes are on, of course. Right. <clears throat> but I don't know if, if, you're, if you're a buyer to brick-and-mortar, I don't know that this pushes you over in some weird form, not weird, in some form of loyalty. Do you reciprocate? Did you never go in on McAuliffe before, and now all of a sudden with this gambit that they put out there, does that make you pop on them and call them up and say, yeah, we'll take every facing you got, line our shelves, we appreciate you standing up for us. You know, I, I honestly don't see enough of that. I, I see a lot of these smaller brands, and McAuliffe isn't a smaller brand, but what I see from brick and mortars with smaller brands is they don't want to take in a smaller brand. And it's perfectly reasonable. They don't know if it's going to sell. They're in the business to buy, but mostly sell. Sure. They just yep. need their products. But a lot of these smaller boutique brands have a lot of trouble getting shelf space in brick and mortars. Yeah. And they're kind of in this catch-22 where if they go to online sales, it's a blemish on their record. They're seen as, you know, saying, F you, man. To the, to the brick and mortars, and the brick and mortars then hold it over their head that they're available online for sale, but they've got to sell their stuff too. They're also in the business of selling their stuff. Right. And so in a perfect world, I would like to see a tighter relationship there. There's also issues where uh, brand XYZ that nobody heard of gets into a brick and mortar, and then the local guys come in to purchase stuff, and they say to the person at the counter, hey, what's new? And that person often doesn't say brand XYZ. You've never heard of this, but you should try it. So <laughs> I would like to see more go-between, more symbiotic type stuff happening between all those players. But and, and it comes down to relationships. You know, that's what it really comes down to. And, and I'm not a sales guy, but you'll hear sales guys say that all the time. It comes down to relationships. And... Um, I don't know. I, it maybe maybe McAuliffe and Pravada didn't have as good of a relationship as one of them thought too, because I would think if you had a good relationship, you know, I would think if you have a good relationship and um, Pravada's pushing you or McAuliffe's pushing Pravada, however 
however right. the that that whole thing works um that would be the last thing you want to do is tell somebody to stop selling your cigars. <laughs> right, right. Hey, let's leave all that money on the table and make a big fuss about it on top of it that neither one of us looks great across the board coming out of. Uh, the, uh, the other thing I thought with that was why couldn't it be handled outside of the public eye? It, that, it's almost, yeah, I, had the same, I had the same question. Same question it, about that. It, it, it's almost as if, and I'm not saying this, I don't know anyone over at McAuliffe to any extent, but it's almost as if they're really using this, that they're pandering to an audience through this action. Like, look how serious I am about this. Now, hey, I, like, I wonder if there's somebody over at McAuliffe HQ following this up with, like, phone calls across the nation going, hey, did you see that we had that cease and desist against that shitty freaking online entity? And I see you're not carrying us now, but would you like to carry us now, uh, later? You know, could, could, we, could we throw an order your way? You know, I, like, I, I see it as a slight pandering from McAuliffe. I see it as maybe, but you don't know what happened. Maybe they did try to handle it behind the scenes, and there was some issue. But just from what I know from the outside looking in, it seems slightly unnecessary and a lot like they're pandering to an audience. Well, and it, yeah, and it comes back to the question of who's it going to end up benefiting because, I mean, I, you know, obviously I haven't looked at every single post about this, but the post I did see, a lot of people supporting Pravada on it. And really? Pravada, yeah, I mean, Pravada has a huge following on social media. They have a they they have a very substantial following, and even the owner of Pravada does stuff on YouTube that does very well. Hmm. I just can't imagine Pravada is going to see a big hit from this. It just I, I I would be very surprised if Pravada ends up seeing a big hit from I, it. I I mean one thing to keep in to, to keep in focus is <clears throat> at the end of the day the consumer often doesn't have unlimited financial resources, right? So they are going to be a smart shopper. And inevitably, they're going to pay, for right or for wrong, for the good of the industry or not, there's better deals to be had online mm -hmm. with these subscription services, right. with shopping online. So that, that's a bugaboo right there. And that breeds loyalty. Like when you're dealing with, a, say, Pravada again, and you're getting good smokes for cheap, and maybe you wouldn't be able to afford them going to your brick and mortar, that builds loyalty. And yep. I could see where that loyalty is coming in. Hey, this is my guy. This is this is my hookup. This is yep. you know this this he's sending me good cigars every month that I would have to pay a lot more for by other means. And really, how often could one of those be a McAuliffe? Well, yeah, that's I mean that's exactly the thing. How many cigar smokers out there? Maybe, and it's not just specific to McAuliffe, but I'm just using them since we're talking about them. How many cigar smokers out there are product, part of Pravada Cigar Club? that had never heard of McAuliffe or never had one until it came in their monthly subscription. They really liked it, and now they're not going to drive 100 miles to go pick one up. Right, because it, it, they never smoked it before. Putting yourself in a, consumer's, uh, in a consumer's place, they've never smoked it before. They don't know if they want to go to their brick and mortar and pop on what, like, figure a $10, $15 cigar that they never smoked before. But they just happened to get this as a sample, essentially. Right. Like they wouldn't have purchased out of pocket at full MSRP, and maybe that becomes a McAuliffe fan. So I, I would have thought really long and hard about uh, McAuliffe if I 
you know, if I was McAuliffe about doing what they did. So I guess it's a ballsy move, yeah. if nothing else, and you got to appreciate that. And we'll see if it pays dividends for them in a literal sense. You know? Yeah, that's that's my thing. I'm not, I'm not knocking them for making that decision. I, I I don't really know how I feel about it. I'm just kind of I, I just have those questions. If if I was a guy that hadn't smoked a McAuliffe before, and the only way I had access to it initially or right now was through a cigar club membership, and now they just said, well, we're not going to let your cigar club carry that anymore. I guess I'm not smoking McAuliffe anymore then. I, I guess I'll never have a chance to. Right. I, I, I guess that's off the that's that's plum off the table. That's clear off the table. But like I said, we'll see how it pans out. And here's something else, Phil, that we're gonna have to see how it pans out. And I'm keenly interested in this, and we'll get to it, of course. And that is the um, back to half wheel. <clears throat> they, I, I, I don't know if it was Charlie or one of the other guys that did this review of the El Wawense, um recently, just a few days ago. But it's the fifth anniversary. And they rated it a 71. That is a 7-1. Yeah, that's a big ouch. To, 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 to put it in terms of Kaplowitz Media, that would be like a, like a C minus? Like, yeah. that would be almost off. Like, it, that would be, okay, so from a personal perspective, that might be a review that I wouldn't even publish. Right. That would require a phone call, how I do business, and I'm not telling half wheel how to do it, or I'm not judging them in any way, shape, or form, and I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but if somebody sent me a cigar, like this cigar, for instance, this nameless cigar, it won't stay lit. If this was, and it's and the cap is falling apart, if it was sent to me for purposes of review, before I published a 71 or a C-, minus, I would call the guy and say, hey, there were some issues. I don't know if you want to send me another one. I don't know how you want to handle this. Here's what happened. I've done that before. But Half Wheel, whatever happened behind scenes, they posted it. They published it. It's at halfwheel.com. I've said Half Wheel enough now. But, <laughs> but a 70 not, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. And uh, what, what does that do? <clears throat> What what does that do for that brand for El Wawense? Not that they're the brand, but like, what does that do? Like, uh, do you have to spin that? Do you have to like take to social media and go, well, screw these guys. They don't know what they're talking about, and then hope your fans pile in and say, yeah, I smoked one yesterday and it was fantastic, best cigar ever. This is me typing. Right. Yeah. 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 I got okay. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I thought maybe Frankenstein at first, but then I was like, okay, he's typing. That makes so, sense. Did you think? Did you think Ricky Bobby? <laughs> I don't Turn know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands when I'm talking about cigar reviews. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and and I asked you the question, but let let me let me add something before I forget. Does that work in a in, in, in a backdoor way where people are gonna be like? It's it's like P.T. Barnum. There's no such a thing as bad publicity. People are going to be like, holy crap, that can't be that bad. I'm going to have to get that and smoke it. Like, is any of that going to happen? Or what do, you, what do you think happens with a 71? You review cigars. You don't rate yeah. them. But you not review anymore. them. Yeah, not right. anymore. Right. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I, think if, I, think, I think if you're a half-wheel fan and you base a lot of what you try on the cigars, and I'm not 
knocking foundation. I'm just saying, in general, if you base what you try or smoke on half wheel, that's not even a cigar worth trying then. No. It's 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 yes, but more. It's it's like it's it's trash. Like I I kind of figure out what like, and I read the review, and I know what happened, and people can read it there. But I just there that's a cigar with zero redeeming characteristics. Like to to go as low, and and I know in in rating there are nothing is perfect. And I review cigars, and when it comes time for me to wrap it up with a rating, it's often not completely indicative of the experience. Like, a, a cigar could be perfectly fine and not do anything wrong. And so it, it grades higher than it smokes, because while it didn't do anything wrong, it did fail at doing anything spectacular. Right. So it would be a B plus, which is like an eighty five, but it's kind of like a light eighty five. See, there, there, there's, there's yeah. no, you know. So my thought, my thought on the on the ratings, and I could be totally off because I, I just kind of try to smoke stuff because I want to try it. I don't pay a whole lot of attention um, to ratings, but to me, like an eighty five, I think if I were to look at that, I'd be like, eh, maybe I'll still give that a shot. If it's for, for me personally, if it's if it's a low 80 or in, anywhere under a low 80, I don't even know that I want to spend money trying it because there has to be better cigars out there. Again, with your perhaps limited resources, and really everybody has limited resources. It's mm-hmm. just some have a higher amount and some have a lower amount of limited resources, but you're still voting with your wallet. You're still yep. making it rain on the cashier. And uh, am I the only one that does that? Like I paid, I paid for the pizza like this. Was that was that wrong? You, you and you and maybe two other guys probably do that. <laughs> and we all hang out. You yeah. Know? But uh, it, it's it, so it puts me in mind of um, Tom Meadowcroft. Shout out to Tom Meadowcroft, Meadowcroft Wines uh, sponsor, advertiser over at Capitalist Media Wine. Um, he had a wine of his reviewed, and the reviewer said it was undrinkable. And Tom, being Tom, runs with this and has stuff printed up that says, drink the undrinkable behind this offering, and he sold the crap out of it. Yeah, which, is, ki- which, is, kind of, which is kind of hilarious and, and, and part genius. It's fantastic. It's everything yeah. that tickles my funny bone and shivers me timbers, all wrapped into one thing. <laughs> so uh, what, all I'm saying is, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't say you didn't say shiver me timbers at uh, little skeezers, did you? Six dollars shiver me timbers are fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was awkward too because I had a five in the single, so I had to give them the five for ones. I was like, could you yeah. break this into ones? And then they handed me back to five singles, and I added my other single to it, and I did the whole making it rain thing six times. Well, yeah, you can't make it rain with two bills. No, it's 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 shallow. You know, it's, it's <laughs> kind of looks like maybe I just like had a palsy moment or something. Yeah, and then tell them to keep the change or something like that, and really <laughs> stick it to them. Really stick it. Keep the change, sir. There's no change. Good day. <laughs> keep it anyway. 
<laughs> so I, I would never want anything that I did to be graded a 71 on a scale of 100. Yeah, no. I can't yeah, say right. I would ever want that. But I could try to bullshit console myself into something like that P.T. Barnum, there's no shit or thing is bad press. But it really, in reality, it could damage beyond that offering within the foundation line is what my concern would be. I mean, that calls, like, like that low of a review of a rating, that could damage outside of that one offering. That could be really bad. And I hope could, it's not the case. Yeah, it could be. I, I just wonder, too, on that side, you know, from the other side of it, with Foundation, they're so established that you've, you've already... I mean, it's other, in the name. Yeah, a Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you beat that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, a rating like that doesn't doesn't look good. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I don't know that it would hurt the rest of their stuff because they're so ingrained in everything. And they're 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 one of the the companies that on social media I see all the time. And even if it's uh, you know not from them, even just people that love their stuff. My guess is that it's going to be more people piling on half wheel for saying that that was crap or whatever, which I don't know. I, I it, he, he rated it and it's rated how it's rated. That's just how it is. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know that that would hurt foundation. It might kind of hurt that cigar with people that are really basing everything on half wheel, but I don't know that it's going to hurt the brand because they're so established otherwise. Now, now let, let's spin this one other way real quick and then we'll wrap it up here and move on because we've got plenty of other stuff to chat about here. But, um, Nick Melillo, Foundation, very much known for his dark tobaccos, black backy, the, the broadleaf, the heavy stuff, the dark stuff, the scary stuff, you know. And this was, and again, this was a perfecto, you know, it was it, it, that was cited in the review that it was some of the issue there. <clears throat> but like, it's a harder thing to roll, it's a harder thing to produce. But so let, let's kind of keep a base with Melillo, but then let me go beyond that and not necessarily throw him into the mix. Blend-wise, this was different. This was a lighter wrapper. So what does it do with all that in mind? <clears throat> Again, removing foundation, removing Nick. If a brand is known for something that a blender is known for something that they blend very well with, say it's a broadleaf, and then they try to step outside of their comfort zone, and it's a failure. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. They have potentially proved to everybody in real time that they are not good at everything, that they have a limited array of skills, right. perhaps. Do you sense any of that being an issue with that? company with foundation or with any other hypothetical company, like stepping out of your comfort zone, trying to stretch yourself and kind of falling flat. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think that can hurt. And I think <clears throat> to some degree, um, not all cigar manufacturers, but I think some c cigar manufacturers might run the risk of getting themselves caught in that because they've got such a reputation for themselves that they want to show they can do any, everything. 
And I don't know. I'm, and it's just my own personality too that I I kind of tend to say stick to what you're really good at. Stick to what stick to what you know. I mean, it, it's it's great if you want to venture out and try this thing to show that you can do that too. But the only the only catch with doing that is if you're going to do that, you can't just produce something good. It's going to have to be excellent then. Right. Because when you're... It's going to have to be eye-opening. It's going to be like, holy crap, he could do that too. Yeah. You know, like, wow, this guy's, this guy or gal is the bee's knees. But coming from a culinary background somewhat myself, there's always specialties. There's always, like, guys that prefer to work within their particular comfort zone. And... You do have to step out on occasion, but you're always this chef doing that thing. You're right. always outside of the box. You're always pulling your brand over to here. And it's it doesn't always go great, but it doesn't always go 71. Right. Because at that point, with that chef, if he is chefing over here in Italian cuisine, making it very simple... If he's chefing over here in the world of Italian cuisine, and then he wants to go into Asian cuisine, it's going to be known that he's stretching himself, but it also is not going to be, again, a catastrophe. It might not be great. Guys that really do Asian cooking might be like, what the hell is this guy doing? He's doing this all wrong, but it's not going to be unedible. It's not going to be terrible. In other words... His training, his culinary experience, translates at least enough to let whoever's eating it know that this was done by a pro. Right, right. And a 71 doesn't quite say that. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. A 71, I think, kind of says, whether it was accurate to X amount of people or not, a 71 kind of says, you shouldn't have tried that. This was regrettable. Yeah. No regrets. No regrets. Sometimes, but maybe sometimes. <laughs> maybe, maybe just one regret. Maybe you could cover up that no regrets tattoo with like a bird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or or just change it to very little, very little regrets. Very little regrets. <laughs> just almost no regrets. Min- minimal regrets. Just that one time. I don't know tattoos, but it's like a lot to. Well, you could get you could get no regrets on one shoulder, and then just that one time on the other sh- on the other shoulder. One regret. Mm-hmm. You could. It seems like you could somehow change no into one. But anyway. Well, I, well no. The thing the thing that would really fix that is if you did the. Um, you had no regrets, but then on the other shoulder you had maybe just that one, but in a, uh, a, a what, a Japanese symbol? <laughs> so a little bit of kanji? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's good. That's good. I have a kanji tattoo. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, it, so do you believe it says what the person told you it says? I had, uh, okay, so, so you're, you're going to get into that. <laughs> no. Is the okay. short answer, but I like the shape. I'm a font freak, among other things. I love different okay. fonts, and I, yeah. I I I've done a little calligraphy in the past, and I just like the looks of things. Okay, and I, I and I like the uh, yeah. There's a, yeah. There's a whole thing I could get into that's called English, and it's <laughs> ja- it's, it's Japanese um, speaking people over in Japan wearing American shirts that say like 
one duck. <laughs> but they don't, they just like the looks. They like yeah. the form. They like, it's an art. It doesn't really matter what it says. So that's what my, it, it, I kind of remember what I was told it meant. Yeah. And um, all of my, I have a good deal of tattoos, actually. I, for some reason, surprise people with them. But all of them, out of all my tattoos, none of them have been done professionally. They all involve a friend of mine that was excellent at airbrushing that was trying <laughs> tattooing. And, and uh, you know, so he was yeah. good at broadleaf, but then he tried something else. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, I got to say, a lot of my tattoos are 71s. You know. <laughs> but you wear them proudly, by God. But I wear them proudly, although yeah. most people don't know that I have them. But See, I just I never... tried to throw that thing off. I knew a guy in college, and he got these two symbols on his back, and I asked him, I said, so what do those mean? And if memory serves me correctly, he said that the top one uh, meant warrior, and the bottom one meant strong. And as I'm leaving, I just say, that's not what they mean. And I remember him. <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember him saying what, and I just kept walking. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. Nothing. It's fine. You're a strong warrior, I'm sure. It probably says one duck, <laughs> but it looks nice. It looks. It looks. It looks. It looks like strong warrior. It. It does look like it. Right. If I had. To, if I had to guess. So. Trying to light this one more time. And, and again, like I just don't know. I don't know about my own ratings with seventy ones and all that. But anyway, let, let's forge bravely ahead here. I'm the topic guy. You're the time guy. Yeah. Um, speaking of time, I'm, I'm going to be dabbling over into time here with this next topic because um, Cigar Snob Podcast. They released a podcast episode at around Thanksgiving. And then, without saying anything that I saw, they evaporated. They went away. They stopped the podcast. Uh, and, I mean, of course, Cigar Snob does other things, but they stopped the podcast Thanksgiving-ish. And popped up again a good time later at around Valentine's Day. So that's mm -hmm. November, December, January. That's like, uh, it, it's, a, it's a solid couple of months of nothing entering their RSS feed. And then they pop up, like I say, with their, it, it doesn't matter what they pop up with, but I'll say they popped up with their top 25 list. Perhaps the latest top 25 <laughs> list in, in mid-February. Hey, but, um, just, just as a question that you mentioned that in Valentine's Day, being a, um, joggernaut in the cigar community like I am. <laughs> do you think they were? Do you think they were trying to compete with my Valentine's Day tips 2021? I hope not, because there are some things you try to take on, and there are some things that you do not try to take on. Yeah, I kind of. I'm kind of wondering now if maybe they were intimidated knowing my cigar or Valentine's Day tips 2021 was coming out. I I, I don't know, and if if people haven't seen that, please go see it. If I if I can hype you, uh, please, please go check that out. Um, but a, a, anyway, so like you create content, I create content. I take a hiatus. I take a two week hiatus every year, but I would never dare to go quiet 
on any platform for that long and expect my audience not to have kind of given up on me, maybe even stopped subscribing, unsubscribed. It, it's, it's possible. It's very possible. That, that's dead. In, in, the, in the world of the Internet, that's forever. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I just, I, I have trouble wrapping my mind around it. And again, they do other things. They have a print publication. They're big time, Cigar Snob. But to go away for that long without saying anything, again, I didn't see anything. Without saying anything, it just seems like you're tempting fate. You're, you're, it's like it could very well be the kiss of death for whatever you're doing. Yeah, yeah. without seeing their numbers, I, I don't know how it affected them. But I know for, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say for YouTube and stuff, depending on what your subscriber base is and stuff like that, yeah, that uh, taking two, two and a half months off could be, I mean, it could be really good luck coming back. It could, you're, you're coming back, but you're like, it's, it's like people forget. Like yeah. I, I, I hype stuff occasionally ahead of time. And I don't start hyping until, like, days before because if I started hyping a week or two before, people would forget that I was hyping anything by the time it actually happened. The Internet has no memory. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's it, to me and to most bloggers outside of the cigar world and the wine world or whatever, it's important to have a set schedule. It's important. Like, it, it's, like, it's like content creation on the Internet 101. Have a set schedule, whether it's daily, whether it's a couple of times a week, let people have some kind of at least a ballpark understanding of when the next thing is coming and stick right. to it. And right. it just seems kind of, you know, alongside that thought, it seems kind of unprofessional, you know? Yeah. And the one thing I'll say about that for sure is there is, an, there is an issue, like you take your hiatus for two weeks, people know it's coming, you announce it, you tell people to stay posted, catch up with Kapowitz Media. There is some extent, too, where, you know, and maybe this comes from some of the other stuff I've done in the past, that th there is, I think you have to have a sense of the people that I, 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 you know, hesitate to call people fans, but I think you do have to have some sense of, of your commitment to the people that are supporting you and if you just take off, all those people that have been supporting you are just kind of left like, okay, I guess the content's not worth making for us. Or, well, I guess they stopped. It right, doesn't yeah, have or, to be any hard feelings. I guess this right. was a thing I enjoyed that's not there anymore. A month goes by, it's not there, and maybe you unsubscribe. And then you might never know when they come back. Right, you know? right. You, you could really just yank the carpet out from under your feet. And I wonder if uh, if Cigar Snob thought they were too big for that to be a problem. And if they thought that, I think they were wrong. I don't think anybody is that big. If HuffPost, and I just <laughs> use them as a, as a, for instance, if they stopped posting, I'd be happy. But the one, people... One of the, better, one of the better known cigar media people, HuffPost. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're strongly pro-tobacco over mm -hmm. there, but it just seems like they're kind of snubbing their listenership by doing that. And again, I don't know everything. Maybe I missed them making a, you know, 
is making it known that they were going to take some time off. But it just seems like a weird way to do business. And this is sure. business. What we're right. doing is business. Um, whether we're making what cigar fish, what cigar, sorry, what cigar snob makes and what we're making, what Kaplowitz Media makes, which, uh, speaking of what Kaplowitz Media makes, speaking of what, uh, what you make, Comedy Cigars Music, speaking about, if I may be so bold, first and 15th, Phil, we almost forgot, I think, uh, we wanted to touch on this. We're looking always for advertisers yeah. over here. Yep. Was that was that a smooth segue? Was that I think so. Yeah, it, it came off <clears throat> really smooth. Nice nice tie-in. Yeah. Okay, okay. And, like and especially well especially as part of the smoothness of it all, me asking if it came off okay. Um probably yeah, I really think, Yeah, that that adds that adds genuineness to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just checking you know, checking yourself before you wreck yourself. The kids are still saying that every day, I think. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, so yeah, we are first and fifteenth, to be exact, is looking for sponsorship for advertisers. So hit up. Well, I guess me. Are we still putting me out there on that limb? Yeah, I like that. Okay, I'm sure you do. That's Caplewitz uh, <laughs> Media at mail dot com. We're affordable. Dare I say we come cheap. And um, it, it'll it'll be nice to have some sponsorships, some advertising here. And I wouldn't be offering it if I didn't think, again, hearkening back to what we spoke about, if we couldn't uh, bring a little something to the table for whoever would be interested in that, too, in some form of relationship that is hopefully symbiotic. Yes. So I'm very uncomfortable talking about this. I don't yes, want so am to I. do I'm, that. So I'm terrible at it. So... Uh, so that being said, if you wanted to put this ugliness behind us, Phil, by just pitching again for ad for advertisers and uh, and sponsors out there, uh, go ahead and do that, and then we'll move on. Yeah, um, if you dig what we're doing here at First and Fifteenth, uh, get a hold of Cap. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I, I expect many an email in a couple of days when this post. <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. And well, speaking about relationships, a... speaking oh, about relationships, yeah, yeah. that's one thing we were going to talk about. Exactly. So exactly. relationships. So <clears throat> one thing I'll say with, um, and this will kind of take us into the next thing we want to talk about with some of the YouTube stuff. Um, you know, one one thing I'll say about relationships is when it comes to promoting yourself or promoting something you're doing like first and 15th or Kapowitz media or comedy cigars music. I have found in the few sponsors I have that the relationships have become more important to me than all the other stuff that comes with it. I see guys that'll post stuff or put it out there that, Hey, so-and-so sent me cigars to review, which I don't do. Um, I make it a point. If somebody sends me a cigar to review, I don't, publicize that because that wasn't their intention of sending me the cigars. Their intention of sending me the cigars was to review them, not to brag right. that I got all these cigars. It and seems I think, tacky. It seems tacky. Yeah, and I, I think that, I think to me, and I could be totally wrong and maybe people disagree with me 100% on this, but to me that that almost completely extinguishes any type of relationship because then it is pure business and bragging rights. And 
I would honestly rather have, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the ones I do have. I'd rather have two sponsors that have a good relationship with me and they enjoy what I do over people that are looking in. And I'm not saying this because I know what my numbers are and everybody can see them with me being on YouTube, but I'd rather have people say that, hey, we dig what exactly what you do. Right. Couldn't care less about the numbers. We want to support what you do because we think what you're doing is different or unique exactly. or has value. So I don't, I don't, I don't run that stuff through the brag mill. Is what right. I sometimes it, like to it, call they, it. They, they might be thinking to themselves, you know what, Phil, if you could tell Ted about us. <laughs> yeah, the comedy, comedy cigars and music's fan base, Ted's. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's all from my perspective, and and this isn't hyping, looking for sponsors or advertisers. It's just the next topic at hand, and it's a little awkward at this point. But I'm gonna go through that. I consider these to be relationships. I I talk to these people, like I said before, all this ugliness. When they patch through, and I get to see their face, and they see my face, we've talked before. We've talked before often a lot, and we're happy to see each other. We're friends. We're doing stuff for each other. It's symbiotic. They're allowing me to do what I do. I'm getting their name out there to the gentle yep. persons, and now even maybe to Ted. And it's it's meaningful and it's good, and uh, I appreciate them. So, but you touch on something bragging, and there's such a there's such a not self aware bragios thing going on with a lot of cigar media and I'm going to air quote cigar media and I did it for the YouTubers and I also verbally said that I'm doing that for the Capitalist Radio podcast listeners cigar media and I've been much more active on Instagram as of late not just with those reviews and I'm seeing something time and time again and we've talked about it, Phil, and it, it's pure comedy. It's, it's a cigar media guy saying, hey, coming up on 1,000 followers, I'm going to do a huge giveaway at 1,000 followers. And I go to his profile, and he has like 987 followers, but he's following like 4,000-plus people. Sure. Sure. It's cringy. Isn't it? It's like oh, well, because HBO man, you because know? so 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 much social media is based on milestones. I mean, it really is like on on, on you know on any platform, whether it be YouTube or um, Instagram. Um, which real quick, uh, obviously not a sponsor, but Instagram. Shout out to the Instagram cigar community because you and I have talked about it. Probably the best cigar community out there is Instagram. Yeah. Um, they're, they're the most supportive. I don't see the cattiness. I don't see the drama. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to hang anybody out to dry, but YouTube is chock full of it. YouTube oh. is chock full of everybody trying it's to one-up somebody. Or if they're not one-upping somebody, trying to knock somebody down. I had a conversation with um, a guy that I'm friendly with on YouTube that, you know, was saying how he was getting trashed. And to me, <laughs> to me it's just hilarious because – some of the stuff they were, this guy said he was getting trashed for, I see the bigger guys do. I see the bigger guys do the exact same thing. And it comes to a thing where I start asking myself the question, and again, I don't mean this as a knock to anybody, but 
especially on YouTube, everybody that's on YouTube wants to be a content creator. And the more I've, the more I do this, um, the more I start asking myself, is there a difference between a content creator and a person making a video? I think there's content creators and I think there's video makers. And I think if you're a video maker, that's fine. But I struggle when they say they're content creators. Hmm. Just because you're making a video, if, if you, you know, in my opinion, it, just because you're making a video doesn't mean you're creating something. You turned a camera on. That's, to me, that's not right. creation. I'm not trying to knock those guys because I think making a video is fine. I don't have any issue with that. But if somebody else is making videos too and you, know, you start knocking them, you're knocking them for doing the exact same thing you're doing, first of all. And second of all, the guys that are, are making videos or creating content in the cigar community on YouTube, we're all adults. Like This is like high school stuff that they're doing. It really is over at YouTube, high school stuff. Facebook is old people stuff. And, uh, yeah, the, I, I don't dabble in YouTube, and that's only one of the reasons I don't consider myself. That's not my medium. I don't, I don't have the ability to do what you do. I don't have the time to learn how to edit. I don't know how to do it. I just can't see myself doing it. You do it well. I would have to be one of those guys that just turns the camera at myself. And at that point, I would go to Instagram Live for that kind right. of action. I sure. wouldn't be sure. on YouTube with that because that seems to be whatever you do, you have to know what you're doing it for as far as a platform. When I tweet, it's a different thing. I'm not one of those people that, has, that posts on Instagram and then has it directly going over to Twitter with a link to my Instagram. I don't do that because I think each platform plays a little differently. You have to create content in keeping with the platform you're posting it to. And I understand, I think, and what you've told me is that these people see YouTube as where they get cigar liberty status, potentially. Right. right. I, I don't buy that because I think if that's what you're looking for, two things, you still have to put it on the right platform if you're going to get popular from it. Sure. Secondly, if you're really just looking to be a celebrity, cigar celebrity, nothing. If you're looking to be a celebrity, if you're looking to have any kind of name, you're in the wrong business being a cigar reviewer. Because my 10-year-old, and I don't know if we talked about this on air, my 10-year-old watches YouTubers that have millions of views. Right. You're not going to get that with cigars. You're not going to even get that with wine. You're going to get that with playing video games. So maybe go play a video game if that's what, you're, if that's what you want to do. Uh, but you have to know what platform you're catering to. Right. And I know the guy you're talking about. I'm not going to put him out there. I'd say he's, he should be on Instagram Live. Because there's also a thing that I'm noticing looking at YouTube more than I ever thought I would because of you, and fuck you. But, um, <laughs> YouTube, not a sponsor. Just <laughs> but uh, there seems to be, you say, you say a video guy and a content provider or content creator. How I process it is you're either a presenter or you're not. If you're turning on a camera to talk to your friends, to talk to your insulated crowd, 
the circle jerk, whatever it is, you're not presenting. You're not putting yourself out there in a way that's going to draw other people in. You're talking to guys that you know are watching. To me, that's not a presenter, not in the context of what we're talking about. They're not ready for prime time, in other words, whether they want to be or not. And YouTube, to me, you've got to be ready for prime time. You've got to be ready to catch people outside of your super niche genre. Right. And pull them in. You do it with your characters, with your comedy, with your humor. And uh, these guys aren't doing it. They're lighting up the cigar, and they're talking about the cigar. I wouldn't even say what they're doing is reviewing proper. Um, I definitely wouldn't say that they're rating. And let me get back on my soapbox real quick to say this. There is a difference that doesn't exist necessarily enough in the cigar world. Of The difference is the understanding that a review and a rating are two distinctly different things. Right. A rating and a review could each happen independently of one another. I just so happen to review and rate. But you could do one without the other. And I think that needs to be learned within the cigar community just a little better what the difference is, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and, and, and I'll say a few things about all of that kind of backtracking about the comment you made with posting, you know, an Instagram link on Twitter. I, I've been doing it long enough with <clears throat> Twitter and Instagram and YouTube that, you know, you have, to, you have to do a service to the people that are watching your stuff. And I can tell you right now that the cigar community on Twitter doesn't like links. And they'll even talk amongst each other like, we don't support that guy because he puts a link on wanting us to go to all of his links and he doesn't interact with any of us. So to me, posting an Instagram link on Twitter is almost a waste of time. And it tells that community that I don't really care about the Twitter community. I just want you guys, I'm just hoping you guys click the link, which I can tell you right now from talking to the guys on Twitter, very few of them do because they just don't buy into that. If, if right. I'm going to post something like how I, and I'm not saying how I do it's right. I'm not sitting here trying to say that, you know, follow my lead. Um, but I post on everything pretty much equally. I mean, I, I do post more pictures on Instagram because again, I think Instagram That's is a superior platform for the cigar community. I think the guys on there do an awesome job. I've got good relationships with some of the guys on there and I think they do an awesome job at supporting each other. I don't see any cattiness or drama. If it's there, I'm immune to it or I don't see it. But I can tell you now when you're posting Instagram links on Twitter, the guys on Twitter couldn't care less about it. Well, and, and, and you're using them as it's like an afterthought. The platform is literally an afterthought. Yep. So what is the audience on that platform going to think of it? They're going to think right. it's an afterthought. Screw you. Well, and it's a, I think it's I think it's you know not to come down too harsh on people. I think it's a little arrogant because I think in the cigar community, another thing I was going to say that kind of ties into that is the some of the cigar celebrity is is self-titled. I've seen so many guys kind of brag on themselves in their posts about how good they are that I don't know they need anybody else saying it because they they're saying it all the time how good they are how they're this or that and it's a game changer. Yeah, and the thing is that on other platforms, some other platforms, they don't even care who you are because you don't interact with them. You're not, you know, they're, they might think they're big on YouTube or big on Instagram, and when they post their link on Twitter, they're nobody on Twitter. Yeah, 
And, and, and that's the other thing to understand. Outside of cigar world, your celebrity, using that term loosely, on Instagram doesn't necessarily carry over to Twitter. It doesn't necessarily right. carry over to Facebook. <clears throat> These are distinctly different beasts. And I know Instagram is under the Facebook umbrella, but it's different. I've it seen is. a lot. I follow a lot of comedians. I follow a lot of writers. They have huge followings on one and hardly any in comparison on others. Yep. There's always a focus. There's always, and, and think of what, and if I could be so bold as to offer advice, if you write a lot, Twitter. If you take a lot of pictures and do video, Instagram. Sure. Again, know your platform. And if you're like you, and you are excellent at making a presentation that involves editing, YouTube. But if I turn onto a YouTube channel and the guy is just sitting there, it's it can be done. Is the caveat um, there are people out there I'm sure that could just turn on a camera and they're polished and they happen to be awesome at doing a quote unquote live uh, review, but also kind of know if that's not your forte, if that's not your strength, know it. You know, and and well, what's well, wrong? Why with, do, yeah, well, the, sorry, real quick, yeah. what's wrong with a podcast? If you don't have the editing capabilities or skills, nobody asks you to turn the freaking camera on. Record it, plug it into an RSS feed, and then you have a listenable podcast. Well, and, and and for me, and you know, <clears throat> I I might be part of the the minority here, but for me, when I go to YouTube, I go to YouTube to be entertained. And that, that was, that was part of the catalyst for me to change up how I did stuff. Not and again, not saying I, I, I'm, I'm anything with it. I mean, like I said, you can look at my numbers and, and the numbers, <laughs> you know, to a degree, the numbers speak for themselves. And I'm kind of self deprecating there because you can look at my numbers and see, but here's the thing behind that is I go on YouTube to be entertained. So I assume that if people go on YouTube and they're looking for stuff, they want to be entertained. So that's what I try to do. Additionally with that, speaking about the numbers, you know, and this comes back from when I was in, in bands, and I think we've talked about this before. So many guys get hooked on the numbers, and I feel like it's a disservice to not only them, but more so the people that are watching them, that if I was in a, in a bar, you know, some venue, and 10 or 15 people showed up, you might look at that as a defeat. I look at it as 10 or 15 people are listening to me. So I'm going to perform for those 10 or 15 people. So That's if I get 30 views on my video, okay, yeah, would it be nice to have hundreds of views? Sure. But you know what? The 30 people that came to watch the video, I hope they get an awesome experience from that video. And I'll keep performing for those 30 people that watch me with no problem. And I think to some degree... That's where the giveaways irritate me, kind of going off, off kilter here a little bit and going back to something else you said. Sorry, and I don't want to ignore the cigar guard too much. It's been doing really well. Um, you know, when, <clears throat> when you're thinking about that stuff, the, the giveaways are kind of to celebrate your own, your own victory, and that's why I've looked at giveaways a little bit differently. Um, like the Instagram giveaway I did at 1,000, it was an announcement of the winners. I didn't have a build-up to it. I didn't do anything like that. And the same with on YouTube. I just stuck it in one of my reviews because the thing that I, I want to avoid doing for myself is I don't want to buy people with my giveaways. Hmm. And that's why anytime I do a giveaway, you'll never hear me say, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. This is my own personal theory and my own personal way of working. 
but I'm not going to announce it or say like, hey, you know, uh, tag friends and stuff like that. And like I said, I'm not knocking. I just, I don't want to get followers because I gave stuff away. I want to get people supporting me because they enjoy what I do. Because they're entertained by it. Right. And if that means I have a very <laughs> slow climb, if I have any climb, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it, I think at the end of the day, it's no small part about self-awareness. What you're good at where you should be good at it, and how you keep on being good at it. Back to right. the scheduling, back to being not Cigar Snob Podcast. I, we got to move on because of time, but it's definitely going to be something we yep. touch on on other episodes. Recommendation time. Do you have any recs? Yes. I would recommend, um, and a cigar I just reviewed recently, um, and it got it rated well for me, but um, the Stallone... Abano, or no, no, I'm sorry, the Stallone Alazan Abano. Very good cigar. Um, I'm looking forward to smoking more of their stuff. I'll be reviewing more of their stuff. So I would recommend that one. Very good. I mean, I didn't really have anything I, I, I think I could have knocked that one for. Very good cigar. Awesome. So go check that out, and I'm going to check that out too because I value your recommendations, Phil. So Thank you. I'm going to go that. But, but, but let it be known that if it disappoints... I'm going to send you a bill. So, <laughs> as far as my rec for this program, for this episode, it's stepping outside of what we do, but it's not stepping outside of what I do. It is a wine. But it's also going to dabble in what we do because it's a wine, and it's the Colossal Reserva from Casa Santos, Lima, uh, shown it for the YouTube folks. Is that good? There you go. For the, for, for the TED but um, the Ted's, sorry, there's more than one, hypothetically. Unless it's just one guy that keeps on watching you, and that's weird. That's hey, weird. I, I, then I'm here for Ted. <laughs> me, me and Ted are in the You and together. me, Ted. Me and like you, Ted. Film, it's like the end of Thelma and Louise, you and Ted riding off and <laughs> holding hands. Anyway, the Colossal Reserva. And why I'm recommending it is because it's an excellent wine, but furthermore, in the context of what we're discussing here, I get asked a lot, so it's an answer to a question. We also have a question to wrap the show up with that's separate from this, but I get asked a lot, what wine pairs well with cigars and vice versa? This Colossal Reserva would pair excellent for reasons I'm not going to get into because I don't want to hijack the show, even though it's partially half my show. <laughs> is a big, bold, very structured wine that would hold up to a cigar. So if you want to pair a cigar and wine, or wine and a cigar, and I say that two different ways because you always pair one to the other. It's never even. But this will hold its own possibly either way. Again, the Colossal Reserva. Not a sponsor, but an excellent wine to enjoy a cigar with. I did say we have a question to wrap up with. Yes, you did. And I will <clears throat> also say before we delve into it that I've again forgot to put out feelers on social media for questions. This is me asking for questions. Send questions to me at capitalitsmedia at mail.com, M-A-I-L, um, dot com, C-O-M. Um, anyway, I forgot, but I do get questions anyway, so I'm going to use this question on this show, even though it wasn't meant for it, and I hope they don't mind. But 
And if they do, it's free entertainment, you know. But anyway, the question was from a new smoker. I'm going to, at this point, just paraphrase. It was coming from a new smoker. He's getting into what he called the hobby. Not going to go whatever, you know, whatever I consider the lifestyle. You're smoking cigars more than you were before. And um, he wanted to know how it is that uh, he's on a, a... a limited income. He doesn't have a lot of spendable cash. How does he get the most bang for his buck? And I could tell you, I could tell him, I could tell you, uh, we've already covered it, the online stuff, the whatever, the sampler packs, the subscription services. But first and foremost, what I tell everyone is smoke better, less often. 100% agree. 100% agree. There is no need. Some guys go way heavy into it, and they become the cigar guy. And if I'm a cigar guy, I have to smoke a cigar while I'm doing this. I have to smoke a cigar when I'm doing that. I have to smoke a cigar out there. I have to smoke a cigar out here. I'm the cigar guy among my circle of people. I am known far and wide as the cigar guy. You don't have to smoke several cigars a day if you can't afford it. But I would take that money and get one good cigar. Yep. And I guess that begs the question, how do you know it's good? Align yourself with a reviewer with a similar palette, whether it's a YouTube guy, whether it's a TikTok guy, whether it's a, whether it's a <laughs> blogger, whether it's a podcaster. Find somebody that you have similar palette tendencies to and take their word for it because... Like I like to say, not everybody could just be an internet cigar reviewer. There is There are gates in place. For instance, like I said before, and I get a kick out of it, I couldn't just start my blog and become a cigar blogger who reviews cigars. I first had to secure an email address so I could... <laughs> basics. Back to basics. So I could... I'm not sure what was funny about that. So I could with that email address, start an account at a blog, and then I'm a blog. So it's not like anybody from off the street could just be a reviewer. And, um, but align yourself with a reviewer and smoke, you know, get, instead of three $5 cigars, get one $15 cigar. The good thing about the cigar, about premium cigars is, you very often, more than not, get what you pay for. If you buy a $15 cigar, it's going to be better than a $5 cigar, 9.9 out of 10 times. So pay that same amount of money, budget yourself the same way, just have less cigars, smoke good. Right. That's what you do. And don't fall into the trap of, like you said, you know, smoking several cigars a day, especially if you're a newer guy that's, that's coming into it, smoking several cigars a day, by the time you get to the last cigar, which is your fourth or fifth cigar, you are not getting from that cigar everything that cigar had to offer. Right. Your palate is burnt out. And and I, I marvel at this other question I get from, I get it like several, I want to say like several times a month. How do you cleanse your palate? Why are you worried about that? You're enjoying a cigar. You are a consumer who likes buying and smoking cigars. 
why are you worried about chain smoking cigars and cleansing your palate in between? You're not blending cigars. You're not on a tasting panel. You're just enjoying cigars. Don't worry right. about cleansing your palate. You know when your palate is cleansed? When your palate is cleansed. When that cigar is no longer lingering on your, on your, on your palate. Then maybe think about lighting up another one. Nobody is sitting, making you sit down there and smoke cigars one after the other to the extent that you have to worry about cleansing your palate? Yeah. Self-aware. You're a yep. cigar smoker. Enjoy yourself. You're, you're not reviewing, again, you're not reviewing stuff. You're not blending stuff. You're, not, you're enjoying cigars. You're not going to enjoy that cigar that you had after that first cigar if you're worried about if your palate is cleansed or not for some reason. Just don't smoke. And I yep. probably shouldn't say that. Maybe. I don't know. But just just relax. Just enjoy yourself, man. Yep. You know? And don't get don't get caught up in, you know, if somebody recommends a cigar and you're a new guy and you don't like it, don't get caught up in the fact that you were supposed to like that cigar. And and don't get bogged down in, well, maybe I could only afford a $5 cigar once a, once a week. That's cool. Don't yep. let people tell you, don't let the Opus X gang tell you that you're not a real cigar smoker because you're not smoking this cool cigar. You're enjoying it. You're not there to you're not there to worry about keeping up with the Joneses. You know, you're you're there to enjoy the cigar, whatever you could get your hands on. Smoke the best that you can. Yep. Right? Good advice. Good advice. Good question. Thank you. And thanks for the questions and send those questions to me. And we'll answer it on the show, right here on first and fifteenth. Or for uh, the people, or for the people catching this on YouTube, if you throw them in the comments, I'll jot them down, and we'll try to fit them in the show too. Oh, there you go. That's another way to do it. Yeah, there you we go. See, throw I'm, them in the I'm comments. So, I'm so not well versed with the whole YouTube thing. I should be ashamed of myself. So yeah, throw them in the comments on the show. This show is going to appear on. Phil on your YouTube channel, Tommy Cigars Music. It's going to appear in podcast form at Kaplowitz Radio, Kaplowitz.xyz. And it's going to appear the 15th. This isn't as we're recording the 15th, but it will appear on the 15th. And that begs the question, the next one after it is... This is always a confusing part of the show. I always paint myself into a corner. Um... This one comes out on the 15th, Hold right? On. Hold on. Don't. I'm trying not to rush you. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm processing. So this is going to come out on the 15th. And Correct. the next person, the 15th episode, will come out on... Let's see. Do I have a calendar on my phone? First and 15th. So if this comes out on the 15th, logically, the next one would come out after this one. You know what? I don't, I'm just going to wrap it up here. And I'm going to wrap it up by saying keep your shirt on. There's no need to ever be shirtless. I, I'm not going to go shirtless. Because I will if not I, go shirtless. Yeah, if I go shirtless with my genetics, you're not going to be able to tell anyway, except there won't be print. <laughs> well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe a Japanese symbol that stands for chosen one or something like that. Yes. If I could leave you with a word of advice until the next time we're, we're on here, I'm not sure when that'll be again. 
but please keep in mind one duck. One duck who keeps his shirt on. Hey, Can I that could stop be recording now. Well, hold on. That could be a new shirt for you. That could that could be part of your swag. One duck, a one duck T-shirt could be part of your swag. One, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. I have to, I have to find the Japanese fellow, our lady, yeah. to let me know how it, how that appears in kanji. I think yep. I want a, I want a capitalist media kanji one duck <laughs> shirt that you could wear, a shirt that should always be on. There's no need to not wear a shirt. Because there's socioeconomics at play, and I realize that, you know, not everybody could be the Herc. You know, not everybody is going to want to or be, like, the well-dressed man, the, the GQ guy. But uh, do dress up a little bit for being part of our culture. Y you know, it's, it's nice. It's nice. How, how, and how would that play? You're at, you're at your lounge, and some guy walks in without a shirt. You know? Let's keep it real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of keeping it real, that's another YouTube thing. That's another YouTube thing that I've thought about a lot because for some reason over the past couple of months, it, it seems like some of the re reviews I, I do catch, it, a lot of people are saying how they keep it real and they only give you the truth. And right. it just it's really started coming off to me like that one guy in school or the one guy in your group of friends. It's like, hey, guys, I swear I don't masturbate. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to keep reminding people. He has to keep reminding people of that. So every time I every time I hear keeping it real, which I kind of you know made a joke about in in one of my reviews recently. Every time I hear that, I just think, yeah, you're you're Charlie telling everybody that you don't masturbate. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so just just know that's what I hear when you say it. Now, if that if that matters to you, what I hear, I hear you don't masturbate all the time. And, and, and what, 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 how, I, how it scans for me, and maybe I'm guilty of it, I'm sure I say honestly sometimes or, you know, you know the, the, truthfully, you know, as, as like amplifiers or whatever. But when it's said a certain way, it's, it, 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 it almost, it, it, not almost, it definitely scans to me like, oh, this guy's lying. He's going out of his way to tell me he's real talking. Uh, what was he doing before? Or what right. is he really doing? It, yeah. It's like going to the place. We have the lowest prices. Do you really? Six dollars for a pizza? <laughs> How am I going to make it rain with six dollars? Come on. How am I going? Uh, could you break my five? Yeah. Right. Anyway, I think we should stop. I think I have a dog that's ready for us to stop over here. Frankie. Yeah, he, he's made plenty of cameos. I think he knows this is going to be on video. I it, keep seeing it, Frankie it, jump it, in there. I can't walk him anywhere without somebody saying how handsome he is. Well, there you go. He he, he knows he, he he knows he knows he's ready for YouTube. He's there. You go. He just needs an editor. Anyway, <laughs> but who doesn't? Anyway, first and fifteenth. Uh, we don't know when it's going to air next. But after uh, after this one, after this one, chronologically, it will yeah. air sometimes after because I I don't know how it wouldn't. To be honest, and frankly, I need my arm back because I'm going to stop recording. Thanks, Phil. Hey, thanks, Cap. Fun. Illusione, cigars deep in flavor, deep in your mind. Illusione cigars deep 
in flavor deep in your mind. Illusione Cigars, deep in flavor, deep in your mind. Illusione Cigars, deep in flavor, deep. In your mind, illusiones cigars dot com. Surgeon General warning tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease even in non smokers. Amazing. <laughs> I, I didn't like that one. I didn't like that one.